Welcome to Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart. Theater Charlotte suffered a catastrophic fire in their building on Queens Road at the end of 2020. And after nearly two years of renovations, uh, plenty of adversity, lots of compromises, improvises along the way, they have been able to hold a soft reopening with their Dickens A Christmas Carol in December, and they're getting ready for their grand reopening with Something Rotten, and that's going to happen January 20th through February 5th. Chris Timmons is Theater Charlotte's Artistic Director and Acting Executive Director, and he joins me to talk about this exciting news uh, and about moving forward at Theater Charlotte. So, Chris, thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk to us. Absolutely. Thank you, Rachel. So... It's been two years. I bet. Did you think it would take two years to to get back in the space? No. (laughs) That's the short answer. So not to make you relive lots of trauma, but just quickly, can you tell us what happened or how you um, how you have been operating the last two years? So last year, we despite the fire, despite the pandemic, we continued to produce theater. There was never a doubt that that wasn't something that we were going to do. We had this history at the time, 93, 94 years of history of continuously producing theater. So it was important to continue that legacy, but more than that, it was about connecting with our audiences and continuing to provide opportunities for artists in the community. And that's ultimately what was pushing us forward. Um, It would have been easy to just close the doors until our building was ready and then approach it that way. But for us, you know, in Charlotte, where the attention span is very short and we're we're immediately on to whatever's new, um, we felt it was important to continue to connect with audiences and let them know that Theater Charlotte is here and we're here to stay. So that's what we did. We, We took season 94 on the road to various venues around Charlotte Uh, We did performances inside and outside, as we had been doing with the pandemic. We did a lot of stuff outside because you weren't allowed to have audiences inside. And we did some things virtually as well during the pandemic. And then we planned for season 95 to be back in our building. And, you know, we had a few setbacks along the way, construction delays and things that we didn't have control over. So here we are. We just wrapped up a Christmas carol on Sunday. In Theater Charlotte's building. In the building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, tell us a little bit about the renovations and, uh, you know, is it going to be very different for people who are familiar with Theater Charlotte's building? Were you able to uh, do some things that maybe you wouldn't have done if you hadn't had a fire? Well, the short answer is (laughs) that our, the footprint of the building has not changed. It was not, you know, a, a complete loss So um, the footprint remains the same, which means that the layout inside is the same. Um, We were not permitted to do anything extraordinary. So what you'll see when you come in the building are new finishes, um, which is great. New seats in the auditorium, new carpet everywhere, new paint one thing that's that's interesting on the front of the building is we were able to uncover some of the original character of the building that had been covered up um, a few decades ago. So from the outside of the building, it's got some small details of some of the character that was original to the building um, from 1941. 
And then of course our lighting system is brand new. Our sound system is brand new. So um, the quality of both visually and audibly <laughs> are much improved. So, you know, people often ask about the restrooms. Um, that's one of the first <laughs> questions people ask. <laughs> Wait, Have why? Changed? And the answer is no. no right, right. They're, they're small, you know, and, <laughs> and they were built for 1941. So times have changed. People have changed. Um, accessibility requirements have changed. And so those were, those were things that we were not allowed to touch during this renovation. So um, when you say not allowed, does that mean there was a code restriction or does it mean you just didn't have funding or it was code restriction this was the the permitting process and the the direction for what we were permitted to do was dictated by the county so and does that kind of have to do with the age of the building yeah that's part of what has been so complex about this is that we're in a building that's 81 years old um we're in you know sitting here near the end of 2022 things are looked at a lot differently now and the requirements for venues such as ours have changed a lot. So there's a, this layer of complexity when you try to figure out how to ease a building into uh, modern day codes. And, you know, there are some things that, that just um, certainly would not pass code today for buildings that are, that are being built from the ground up. But at the same time, I think the county is un understands um, and the folks that write these codes understand that not everybody is in a position to start from the ground up. You know, I mean, that's essentially what you would be looking at for a building for us to bring our building up to code is you would you would pretty much have to knock it completely down to the ground and start up. So trying to figure out how to navigate that has really been challenging. Were the supply chain issues a problem for you at all? They, they were. I mean, everybody has dealt with that. I think what has been the most difficult um, has been anything related to our theater equipment. We were able to get ahead of a lot of it. We started ordering sound and lighting equipment. That was the easiest thing because we, we, kind of, we knew what we needed. We knew what had been destroyed. So that's an easy one-for-one -one kind of replacement. When you get into the infrastructure of how things are designed today, how equipment talks to one another, that's where it gets a little more complicated. And that's where things kind of got bogged down with supply chain. But gosh, are we, you know, the, the theater industry is still, there are manufacturers that still cannot keep up with the demand. And so some suppliers are just say, we're not taking orders for a year <laughs> until we get caught up. And that was the case. I mean, we were seeing some equipment that we ordered well over a year ago come in very, uh, you know, just before our show opened. And that was the case with our seats, for instance. We, we ordered seats and they initially said, they'll be ready in September. And September came and went. And then it was, oh, maybe by the end of October, maybe by November. <laughs> so we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that. Um, and again, especially as it relates to theater equipment and electronics. And did that have anything to do with why you had to sort of switch up this season, this 95th season, I know you had to take uh, one of the shows out of the lineup, I think. Was that because of those delays? Yeah. So we had construction delays, not just equipment, but we had delays. Um, you know, again, as you dig into the a building that's that old, you find other things along the way and you find things that need addressed that we didn't plan for right out of the gate. You know, in addition to supply chain, it's also the workforce 
you see all the construction going on in Charlotte and the surrounding area. There's no shortage of construction, but there's a shortage for people on those job sites. But yeah, we did. We made some decisions about our season, partially because of that, and also because of one of understanding that we had equipment in the space that we would not have a chance to dial in and. For me, it's, it's a learning curve because the technology has changed a lot. So uh, we needed some time to make some adjustments. So we, we made a switch and put one of our larger shows in January, which is our grand reopening, Something Rotten, because there was just no way we could pull off a show of that size early in the season uh, without having had a chance to fine tune our, our sound system and get everything up and running. So we started... Uh, well, we were. <laughs> we were opening with uh, Misery in November, but then again, we got into a, a point where we weren't getting enough answers uh, quick enough to be able to know what our timeline was. So we, we had to move that show um, into March. You know, it strikes me, listening to you talk about all this, that yours is really kind of a pandemic tale. I, it, you just seem to have hit all these pain points of the pandemic. And of course, the fire is not because of the pandemic, but uh, it just hit at such an odd time. How's your, how's your fire prevention system now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in some ways, and, and we've, we've talked about this before, about how fortunate something like this was to happen when it did during the pandemic, when, when audiences weren't in our building, when the entire industry was kind of suffering from this situation. So in a way, um, it was fortunate that it happened when it did and allowed us to, I guess, ride that wave, uh, the pandemic wave. And we're still seeing that in our industry where audiences are taking a while to, to come back and their requirements for entertainment are much different. So yeah, I, I guess, you know, thinking about it that way, it, it was fortunate that it happened when it did and it put us in a position to kind of build audiences again the way a lot of people are where we weren't I guess we weren't competing so much for audiences in the same way we would have been if there wasn't a pandemic and you know we were in the in the midst of a record-breaking season when the pandemic shut everything down so if that had been the situation and it was because of the fire and not the pandemic you know who knows who knows what would have happened well speaking of audiences and people coming back what are you seeing this season as far as attendance and um, people ready to get back into this renovated space? We have a small sample size <laughs> to, to base it off of right now. I mean, we just came off of 10 performances of A Christmas Carol that were sold out, which is outstanding. And we're seeing strong ticket sales for uh, Something Rotten already. I think, you know, we have a lineup that we're excited about. We have a lineup that our audiences are excited about that are community performers and designers and and those folks are excited about. So that helps when you've got that kind of support. We are cautiously optimistic. Of course, they, we were that way two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Things were going so well and then they weren't. So, you know, I think we're all just a little bit hesitant too because uh, we're still not out of the woods yet. I mean, COVID is still a factor. It still will be around. We're still seeing performances canceled uh, because performers are getting sick. And, you know, fortunately, there are preventative 
measures out there now. Um, there are people have, you know, there's vaccines out there, there's treatments out there um, that are helping, uh, but people are still getting sick. And of course, in the arts, we tend to be, um, I think on the, on the cutting edge of um, a lot of things. And, um, you know, obviously one of the things that we are most concerned about is the health and well-being of our performers and our audience members. So um, it does come into play. So, you know, we, we don't know. I mean, it, you could you could have a three-week run and it could be sold out, but if you have an actor that gets, gets sick, then you end up having to cancel performances and, you know, there's no, the safety net's off. And that's why we're still seeing theaters close across the country and even right here in Charlotte because the relief funding from the government, uh, COVID relief funding is not there. And so it's, everybody's on their own and um, trying to figure out how to reconnect with audiences. So it sounds like going forward, you just sort of keep your fingers crossed and throw salt over your shoulder and, and that sort of thing, hoping that you won't have any <laughs> disruption. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think, and what, what I've heard some of our, uh, my, my boss, my uh, Ron Law had said um, for years, he said there theater is, you, you always take a chance with theater anyway. I mean, it's a, it's a big risk. It's a risk, not only for the performers to put themselves out there. I mean, that's a risk in and of itself, but just to put it out there that you're going to do such and such show at such and such time. I mean, anything, anything could happen. I mean, a tour could come through and we've seen this where we've, we've, put out the brochures, we've sold tickets, and all of a sudden, somebody decides they're gonna pull the rights for a show. Misery is a perfect example of that. We were supposed to do that show six or eight years ago. We had the rights to it. We were uh, like a couple weeks from auditioning and they pulled the rights because they were gonna take it to Broadway and it took them four or six years after that before it actually made it to Broadway. So you never know. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was something that could happen to you. You can secure the rights and then lose them. And and you're reminding me that, that talking about the risk with theater, that theater has had its, its real ups and downs in Charlotte and, you know, companies opening and closing and Theater Charlotte just keeps going. It's it's kind of remarkable. To what do you attribute that? It's the community, first and foremost. I mean, it's, it's the people who are here and that's why we're here. We're here for... Charlotte. We're here for the people who live and work here. That's who our performers are. That's who our production team members are. That's who our designers are. Those folks are all from, from here. They're from Charlotte and the surrounding areas. It, it feeds into that ecosystem um, and that ecosystem then in return comes back to us. So I truly believe it's, it's about the community. It's about Charlotte. Anything in particular you're looking forward to for the rest of this season? Um, any highlights you want to mention to listeners before we wrap it up? <laughs> well, I mean, personally, I'm looking forward to putting all of this, uh, <laughs> you, you know, all of this behind us, the insurance, <laughs> the contractor, the, you know, just getting, getting, being able to really call that building our own again and get back in there and, and do what we what we do and, and do it the way we, we need to do it. There are so many shows that I'm excited about this year. I think the one that I really hang my hat on is Detroit 67, which is a carryover from last year. We were supposed to do that show at the new theater space at CPCC 
and they too had uh, some issues with um, getting their occupancy. So the, the building wasn't ready in time. And there were no other viable options for us to do that show last year. We looked at other venues. Um, it wasn't financially responsible for us to do to try to do it. And the show is just so well-written and it's so powerful and it's so relevant. And I'm excited now that we have a chance to share that in our space with our audiences and, and hopefully some new audience members as well. And just very quickly, tell us what it's about. So Detroit 67, and it's a little confusing because we, we talk about this show being set against the backdrop of Motown music in the 1960s. And it's not a musical, it is a drama. And it's about this family who um, they're living in their parents' house, the parents have passed on. And they're trying to start a juke joint in their basement. You know, it's about trying to live the American dream. And it's in Detroit um, in 1967, summer of 1967, uh, when there was an uprising. And so it's set against that backdrop. There's great music um, that supports the show, but it's really about these performers. I mean, it's some what we call star turn roles uh, for, for the performers in the show. And what happens is the friends um, that are starting this juke joint find uh, a woman who's been beaten, a white woman who's been beaten, and they bring her back into their world. And so then there's some conversations that happen there, um, some conflict as they try to figure out who she is and, and how she got there. I'm, I'm excited to share that with our community. Well, thank you um, for doing that and for sticking in there and <laughs> making it through the last couple of years. And congratulations on getting back into the building and um, and having all these shows coming our way between now and I guess it's June, right? Yeah. Yes. It's it's a lot. Uh, we look at the calendar and we go, wow, <laughs> there's just so much. Uh, going on? Do we have any time off between now and the end of June? And it doesn't look like it, but we'll be doing what we love, which is uh, performing and and telling these stories. Well, break a leg, and thank you so much for uh, for being the guest on Piedmont Arts today. Great, appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel. I've been talking with Chris Timmons, who's the artistic director and acting executive director of Theater Charlotte, and this is Piedmont Arts. I'm Rachel Stewart.